we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like for you to take the Bible, the Word of God, and go with me, if you would, please, to the book of the Psalms. And um, we come this morning uh, to Psalm 2. We take a little detour uh, from our study of the life of David, although not much of one, (laughs) as uh, this psalm has related to uh, much of what we have looked at in in 2 Samuel uh, chapter number 9 and chapter number 10. My heart has been terribly heavy, as I know yours has been, concerning the events that have unfolded in our country in recent years especially. This unprecedented situation with COVID where the whole world shuts down. And we're still playing catch-up. And then we have leaders who talk to us about the next pandemic. As if they know it's coming. And we can't even give the people an honest answer where this one came from. And then you had all of the strife and the protesting and people in the streets and major American cities toppling police cars and setting them on fire and setting buildings on fire with hardly a word of reproof, with hardly an action by a political leader. Let me, let me help you understand what the responsibility of our political leaders is. To protect the citizen. And the agencies that are especially designed to do that, the police force, have been maligned and disrespected. And there are cities, American cities, that are voting to defund the police whose crime rates are at unprecedented levels. You wonder when these experiments will end. But it looks as if there's no end in sight. Then you have this historic decision that was made last week concerning Roe versus Wade. And one group in America is told that they need to sit down and be quiet and another group is told that they can stand and scream and rage and question anything they want to. You see this happening, don't you? And it's very burdensome and uh, it can be greatly discouraging. That's why I've been so encouraged I know maybe I don't sound like it this morning. My apologies. <clears throat> but that's why I've been so encouraged by the life of David. Because God 
is going to accomplish his purposes in this world. And we are here to serve him. We are here uh, to honor him and to be faithful. Uh, the queen, Esther, went before uh, her husband, who was the king, and she was a Jewish girl. Her, her whole race had been condemned by a deceitful act of a man named Haman who deceived the king into declaring a decree. And she, she was going to go in and, and reveal this to the king, but protocol in Persia was you, you couldn't do that. Even if you were married to the king, you couldn't just go into the king's presence unannounced. He had to summons you. And uh, Mordecai said to Esther, he said, you've got to go in and you've got to tell the king what's going on or, or we're all dead. And uh, he said, now, wait a minute. Now, I want you to understand something. If you don't go in because you're afraid he's going to take your life, then we're all going to perish. And ultimately, you will too. And he says, you need to understand you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. It really was an amazing story, wasn't it, how God took a, a girl, an unknown Jewish girl, and made her the wife of the king of Persia. An amazing story. But why did God do that? Because he was working for such a time as this. And why has the Lord put us here? Well, he's put us here for such a time as this. So be encouraged and be strengthened. I talked to uh, Brother Brown this week. The young people were at camp, and uh, they had a great, great group at camp and great... Uh, preaching, great spirit, and great uh, number of decisions that were made. Uh, I know that at least one young man was saved, and uh, God worked. One, I mean, one young man from our group, I know there were other people saved as well. And uh, so we, we praise the Lord for that. God has put these young people here for this time, right? And so what a blessing. But we live in a world of rebellion, and we see this in Psalm 2. And uh, I'd like for you to look at it with me. From Psalm 2 and verse number 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? That's, that's exactly what I've just talked to you about. The heathen, that's the people who do not know God. And the people imagine a vain thing, something that is empty something that is non-existent, something that is futile, something that is foolish. Verse 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Notice verse 6. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. 
and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the day that you've given to us and the privilege that we have as your people to come together around your word. And I pray that you would help us today. Oh God, that we would meet with you, that your presence and power would be among us, that you would open to us the scriptures, and that we would see the Son, the sovereign King, and that we would acknowledge him. I pray for those who have not yet acknowledged him, who have not kissed the Son. May they do so today. I pray that you would help us to be your ambassadors in a wicked world, in a fallen nation, in a dark land. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This psalm is a, is a prophetic psalm. It is a, a psalm of David. And in fact, in this psalm, there are four speakers. David, of course, is one of those speakers. And as you have noted in the last few weeks, if we've looked at 2 Samuel 9 and 10, we have looked also at this psalm as it has complemented what was happening uh, in the life and ministry of David and in the battles that he was facing uh, with the enemies of the Lord. So David is speaking. But there are three other voices that we hear in this psalm. We hear the voice of God the Father. We hear the voice of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we hear the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. And what is the message? The message is very simple. The Lord says in verse number six, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Now, why did he make that declaration? Well, he made that declaration because as he spoke this, a rebellion was raging against the king. And I want you to understand where we are today. We're living in a time where rebellion is, is, is underway. We live in a time where we live in a world, rather, that is in rebellion and it is raging against God. Oh, I think rage is, is, is a really good word to describe it, wouldn't you? Look again in verse number one. Why do the heathen rage? Have you ever seen our nation more angry than it is today? Have you ever seen it more divided? Have you ever heard the kind of language flowing from the lips of man as you hear today? Our political leaders, the Hollywood entertainers who want to tell us how to live our lives, by the way, the educational elite of our society and the vitriol and the hatred and the enmity and the rage of their speech. Why do the heathen rage? You see, we're living in a world of rebellion and that's the 
title of the message really on that theme, Rebellion Against the King. That's the title. Rebellion Against the King. We're living in a time of great rebellion. Now, throughout human history, it's been a period of rebellion against the king, has it not? From the time that Adam took the fruit and ate of the fruit of the garden, from that moment onward, there has been rebellion against God. But that rebellion in these last days, the Bible tells us that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And we believe that we're living in the last days. We believe that the next event on God's time calendar is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that his coming is soon. We don't know when it will be, but we believe it is soon. And the rebellion against the king seems to be raging with more intensity than we've seen it. Now, we note some things about this rebellion. We note, first of all, the source of it. The Bible says again in verse number one, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The source of this rebellion is in their own heart. It is in their own mind. It is the use of their imagination. And what do they use their imagination for? To glorify God, to honor God? No, they use it to dethrone him. You see, the sexual revolution that our nation has undergone since the 60s, the entire, the the point of it, the implication of it, uh, the purpose of it is to remove God from the throne. To say that you can't tell us how we ought to live our lives. That's why they they say in verse 3, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. So in the 60s... uh, The pop culture determined that uh, sexual relationships were not confined to just men and women in the institution of marriage. I want you to know it doesn't matter what pop culture says to you. What God says to you is this is the way God does it, and this is the way God designed it. If you want the blessing of God on your relationship, then you will... Enter into a relationship with one man if you're a girl or one girl if you're a man. This is the way God ordained for it to be. The God of this universe who spoke it into existence, who formed man of the dust of the ground, who breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, he designed marriage, he designed the home, he made a man and a woman, and he brought them together and said they shall be one flesh. You cannot change God's design and expect blessings. We have confusion today. We have great confusion because we've decided as a society to cast off the cords to break the bands asunder. And look at what's happened. Now, now you, you can't even, you have a person who was just sworn in as a Supreme Court justice who would not define what a woman is. Amen. Pressed time and time again, what is a woman? Young men, young men are being told to go buy feminine hygiene products. 
They're putting them in the bathroom stalls and the public restrooms in school systems in our country. They're putting feminine hygiene dispensers in those male bathrooms, those men's bathrooms. I can't believe I'm saying this to you. You can't believe it either. But I can't believe it's happening, can you? But here's what I'm trying to explain to you. When you start breaking the bands and casting the cords, this is where it leads. When I went to school, we were, taught, we were told and trained about parts of speech, right? Verbs, nouns, pronouns, adverbs, adjectives. There are rules of grammar until you cast off the cords, until you break the bands asunder. Now, I have to determine, according to the revolutionaries, I have to determine, I have to find out, I have to be really sensitive about how I go about it, but I have to figure out what your personal pronouns are. If I don't get them right, I could be in trouble. In fact, there's a school system in this country uh, that said if, if, a, if a child misgenders another child, a child misgenders another child, that child will be disciplined by the school system and could possibly be expelled. This is where we are. Yeah, again, when you cast off the cords, when you break the bands asunder, this is where this stuff leads to. The source of the rebellion is in the heart, the imagination of a man. And you see, when God is removed from the soul of a man, as he was in Adam's situation, when the light of the Spirit is removed from the soul of a man, what's in the soul of a man? His intellect, his emotion, his, and his will. When the candle of God is removed from that man, that man is living and dwelling in darkness. And how great is that darkness? The source of man's rebellion. That's why John Lennon wrote his song, Imagine There's No Heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Well, I want to tell Mr. Lennon something. All the people who subscribe to his kind of thinking are not living in peace today. Amen. They're living in more confusion and more chaos and more anarchy than they've ever lived. The source of man's rebellion in his heart, he's rebelled against God. Then there's the scope of it in verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So here you find that this, this rebellion is not limited to a certain nation or a certain ethnic group. This is a worldwide rebellion. 
And the reason it is so is because, as the Bible says in Isaiah 53 and verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned uh, to our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Paul picking up on this thought in Romans chapter 3. And by the way, in Romans, Paul gives us a, 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 a really an unfolding of how a society gets to the point where we are. Read it sometime, Romans chapter 1. How that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And the Bible says they became vain, there's that word again, in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And so Paul tells us how a society falls from knowing truth into the midst of such great darkness as our society is today. But in Romans chapter 3 and verse 12, describing the human condition, he says, they are all gone out of the way, Romans 3, 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. What's a sepulcher? It's a place where dead people are buried. Their tongues, with their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asps, that's the poison of serpents is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. The violence, have you noticed it? You can't, read a, you can't read the newspaper. I don't know if anybody reads it anymore. You can't read a, a website without some news about an awful, heinous murder. Somebody pushes somebody in front of a moving subway car. It's happening all the time. A man shoots the mother of his child pushing a baby carriage in New York City. point blank range it's happening all across our land pregnancy care centers being firebombed because they help mothers choose life their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood destruction and misery are in their ways and the way of peace have they not known. There is, here's the problem. There's no fear of God before their eyes. There's no fear of God before their eyes. You see, we live in a world that's gone mad. And the reason it's gone mad is found for us in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. In Proverbs 1 and verse 7, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, there will be no true knowledge and there will be no true wisdom without the fear of God. What is the fear of God? It is the acknowledgement of who God is. It is reverence for him. It is the opposite of what's happening in Psalm 2 where there's a rebellion against God, but the fear of God is submission to God. It is acknowledging that he is who he is, God the creator and the redeemer who has the right to rule over my life. Amen. Are you living today in rebellion against him? 
Or are you living in obedience to him and submission? Well, we've seen this rebellion, the source of it and the scope of it. But how does God respond to it? Well, that's the question. And i just give you three thoughts quickly. First of all, the fact he does respond. Number one, the king responds. <laughs> Do you ever sit in front of your television screen or in front of your computer screen or your tablet or look at your phone and you see this stuff and you think, what in the world is happening and what's God doing about it? Well, I want you to know he's doing something. Look in verse 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. I get troubled, but you know what helps me? God is not troubled. I hope that helps you this morning. By the way, notice where he's sitting. In heaven. They can't get to him. They cannot overthrow him. They can't vote him out. They, they can't devise some new rule or some new scheme to circumvent him. He sitteth in the heavens. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's not upset. He's not nervous. He's not a bit stressed. He shall laugh. Not the laughter of joy, but the laughter of mockery. The Lord shall have them in derision. He has allowed them to continue in their folly. Go back with me to Proverbs, would you? Go back with me to the Proverbs, chapter number one. We'll look in verse 20. The Bible says here in Proverbs 1 and verse 20, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets, she crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Here we have... Here we have a picture, an image of wisdom, wisdom crying out in the, in the public arena, crying out in the chief place of discourse, crying out, reasoning with, with people to, to come to God. Remember, Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. But look at verse 24. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel. In other words, wisdom is speaking to a society, a nation of people who have heard her voice 
and yet have decided to count her counsel as nothing. You have set at naught. By the way, you can do that in your own life. I know what the Bible says about this, but I'm going to do it this way. Be careful. Be careful. You have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof, you wouldn't hear any correction. You wouldn't listen to anybody. Verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation. Notice these words. When your fear cometh as desolation, when everything's gone, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Do you read a verse or would like to have read a verse that describes where we are in the United States of America? You just read it in verse 27. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Verse 28, then shall they call on me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Do you know what's happening in our nation? That verse is being fulfilled. We are eating the fruit of our own way and filled with our own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. So the king responds. He responds with scorn. He laughs. You have rejected me, and now you're going to reap what you have sown. And then he speaks to them. Verse 5, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. And here's the message in verse 6, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. In other words, it doesn't matter what you rage about. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what mechanisms you employ. It doesn't matter how much support you garner or how much money you have or how loudly you howl. It doesn't matter what you do in rebellion against me. I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Jesus is on the throne. Amen. Revelation 11 and verse 15. The Bible said, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. China's raging, aren't they? Russia's raging. They've invaded the Ukraine. They want to invade more and more. I saw the other day where the, the man that's in charge in North Korea is threatening war and the use of military power. And while he's doing that, we have people saying the greatest threat that humanity faces is global warming. If you're concerned about that, I want to help you this morning. When Jesus comes again, and he will, 
he will rule and reign on this earth, this earth for a thousand years. So we're at least a thousand years away from that. And when this earth is destroyed, it will not be because of global warming. It will be because the Lord destroys it after a thousand years. And then he will create a new heaven and a new earth. Radical stuff, man. Where did you get this stuff, pastor? From the Bible. Do you really believe that? You betcha. Well, how do you know God can do that? Look around. Where did it all come from? From the mind of God who spoke it into existence. That's where it came from. Well, the king responds. Then we see the king reigns. Look at verse 7. I got to hurry. You've been so patient. I will declare the decree the Lord has sent to me. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. The son speaks in verse 7. I will declare the decree the Lord, L-O-R-D, all capitals, Jehovah God, the Father. The son is speaking. And what does he do? Well, he does what kings do. He gives a decree. What is a decree? It is a predetermined purpose of God. It is the determination, I love this statement, of an immutable being whose plan of operation, like himself, is unchangeable. I see, man, what's happening in America? What's happening in our world? This is unbelievable. And God says, I got a plan. I have a plan. Trust me. The decree. We hear the voice of the son. But then we hear the voice of the father. Look at verse 7. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. You see this is our father's world. He says to his son in verse 9. Thou shalt break them. Who is them? The rebels. Those who are constant in the rebellion of God. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. King reigns, and he's coming again. When the disciples saw him go into heaven, the the angel said, you men of Galilee, why, why stand you here gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus shall come again as you've seen him go. He, he shall come again in like manner as you've seen him go. When I was at the University of Tennessee and I was taking a course and, and I had a professor in that class and he was a, a, a very educated man and very arrogant and he says, he said, you know, he says, um, the class was the history of Western civilization. And uh, he said, uh, really, honestly, uh, uh, Jesus Christ has made very little impact in Western civilization. One of the greatest, most ignorant statements I've ever heard. But he said that. And then he said this. He said, you know, he told his followers he was coming back and that was 2,000 years ago. 
and he still isn't here. And I thought about that verse that said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The promise of his coming. But his long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, that was 30 years ago. That man was aged then. I imagine that man has gone into eternity. But the very reason that man could make that statement is because God was not willing that he, that man, would perish. The reason that man was able to walk out of that room after raising his fist in the face of God and defying a holy God by trying to ridicule the name of Christ in front of a group of impressionable young students at the University of Tennessee, the reason the man had the strength to take the next step and walk out of that room is because God was long-suffering to that man. I hope that man came to know Jesus. The king reigns. Let me give you the last one. We saw that the king responds. He responds to the rebels. We see that despite the rebellion, he reigns. But then we see the mercy of the king. Here's the amazing thing. The king reasons. He reasons. He comes alongside those who are in rebellion against him. And he sits down with them. And he has a conversation. Verse, verse 10, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. The kings in their rebellion, the kings who have set the battle array against him, the kings who rage, the kings who imagine a vain thing, the God of heaven speaks to them. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. What does that expression mean, kiss the son? It means to acknowledge him for who he is. It means to submit to him. It means to come to him and bow before him. The Bible said, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What is the king saying? He's saying to those who are raging in rebellion against him, listen, don't do this. Come to me and be saved. Maybe this morning you're here and you're raging in your rebellion. You don't want anybody telling you what to do. You've bought the party line of this world, hook, line, and sinker. You've been deceived by Satan. But today you realize that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the King. Why don't you come and bow to him? Christian friend, Sometimes we make decisions to bow for salvation. But then we decide to take up the reins again as if, well, we've got the salvation part figured out, but I'm going to live my life the way I want to. That is not the way it works. And if you want God's blessing on your life, you have to come to the king and bow to him.
kiss the son, lest he be angry. Now, when I was reading Proverbs, we're going to close right here. Would you turn back there? When I was reading Proverbs concerning wisdom crying in the street and calling out to all the passers-by who, who, who rejected her message. And then she began to speak of their calamity and their desolation and their destruction. It's a dismal picture, isn't it? But then I, I came to the last verse in Proverbs 1. Would you look at it with me? In the midst of all this desolation and destruction and calamity and anguish, God makes a promise, verse 33, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell. Would you read that with me, church? Safely. And shall be quiet from fear of evil. You know what that word quiet means? It means safe. Safe. The world may be falling apart around us, but if we hearken unto him, we'll dwell safely. What a blessed promise. So let not your heart be troubled. That's what Jesus said. May God help us to look to him. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.